Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I'm super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Pablo Rosario. Pablo, welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Ken. How's it going? It is going fantastic. Thanks for being here today. It's great to have you on the show. Ah, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. This is a, this is a topic that I'm super passionate about. Uh, it resonates with me so much. That's why I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And, and for anybody who may not know Pablo yet, you will shortly. But let me just kind of give you a little background because he is a, he's a men's relationship coach. He's actually a speaker with over six years of experience helping executives and business owners and, and CEOs to actually find more fulfilling relationships. Now, his background is in psychology and in neuro-linguistic programming. And he specializes in the topics of relationships, communication, overcoming inner conflict, passion, and confidence. And he's helped hundreds of men to find happiness and fulfillment in their relationships and their life. So, Pablo, I mean, that's, that's a tall order. How did you get started doing this type of work? Man, actually, this whole journey, funny enough, it actually started when I was 10 years old. Uh, when I was 10, I was in a little relationship myself with a girlfriend. You know, it's kind of funny when now when I say it out loud, being 10 years old with a girlfriend. But what happened was, I'll never forget it, where I was out on the playground, her friend came up to me and said, hey, listen, um, she's actually going to go out with somebody else for a week, and if she doesn't like them, she'll come back with you. Now, at the time, I was 10, and I was like, sure, whatever, I don't care. But deep down, I was hurt. I was hurt. My heart was broken. But from that day on, I made a promise to myself, I would never feel like that again. I would never, I would never feel that, that loneliness, that feeling of being left. And so that started my journey of learning relationships of learning what makes them work, what makes them tick, what makes them succeed, how to get better at them. And over the course of my lifetime, just kept reading and reading and implementing and implementing until this thing just started taking on a life of its own, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a great, great background and story. It's funny <laughs> because I actually, similarly, like when, well, this is kind of strange, but I performed my first wedding in fourth grade. What? <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it was, you know, like the playground wedding, right? Like these right, two kids right, that are right. dating come up and say, hey, marry us. And it was weird because I didn't, I'd never even been to a wedding. I didn't even know what that looked like. So I made something up and uh, apparently I didn't do very well because they kept coming back to me and saying, marry us. Um, <laughs> but it was like from that moment on, I was at, I don't know why, I was the person people came to for relationship advice. Even my, my older brothers, his friends would be like, you know, you're Tim's brother, mm. right? Hey, I'm mm. dating Julie. You know, I got this question and I don't know. Why would they come to me? I don't know. But it's always been that way. So like you, I mean, it started very, very early. And, you know, it, it's, 
it's a fascinating thing because some people, like in your case, it was it was a wound, right? Like some, mm-hmm. that really yeah. hurt, even though you're like, yeah, whatever, I'm ten, who cares? But it hurt, mm-hmm. and it then did. you start going, you know what? I'm going to put this guard up. I'm never going to let that happen again. And mm-hmm. there's lots of things that happen in our life that create those those barriers to partnership, where we're like, uh oh, mm-hmm. I'm not opening up anymore because mm-hmm. that's how you get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can I can yeah. fix that. That's easy. Just don't open up. But mm-hmm. then we're not in partnership. We're in, we're in you know relationship. We're in survival. We're trying to just manage, you know, that fear of getting hurt again. So I wanted to ask you because one of the things that that I find can be very very helpful is, and, and you've probably got something like this. Like for for you when you're, you know cruising through life and maybe you get off that track of partnership, what's your touchstone? What's your, you know, guiding principle or mantra or quote or something that, that kind of brings you back home when you realize you've gotten off that path? For me, it's the way, the way I always think about it. It's, it's you and me versus everybody else. The metaphor, the image that I always hold in my head when it comes to any type of partnership or any type of relationship, especially romantic ones, is I envision us as a team. It's me and my partner versus everyone else. And within our team and with us being a team, we create our own rules, meaning we create our own world. The rest of the world, their influence, their baggage, their opinion does not influence how we do us. And on top of that, the whole thing about being a team is if if you really just buy into that philosophy, the way I've always thought about it, um, the way it's helped me is that you don't sabotage your teammate, meaning you don't do things that sabotage the, the relationship, that, that sabotage the partnership. You encourage them. You actually want to see them do great as you would a real teammate because when your teammate does great, you do great. You also give your teammate the benefit of the doubt and you assume that whatever it is they did, they, there was some kind of positive intent by it. By it. I mean, if you ever play sports, there'll be times where your teammate does something that you didn't know about, but you always assume that it was for the betterment of the team. So you don't, you don't automatically jump into a negative space and start assuming all these bad things. And on top of that too, when you have two people, you know, we are humans. So there'll be times when maybe I'm having a bad day. Maybe I'm not confident. Maybe I'm not strong. That's when the teammate carries the load or vice versa, when they're feeling weak, or maybe when they're questioning the relationship and the partnership, you're the one that has the faith. You're the one that has the belief that still keeps this thing going. And so the whole idea of it's you and me versus the world is one of my favorite ways to think about it. Yeah, that's, that's a great reminder because you're right. I mean, things happen and we may not understand why our partner did whatever they did, but in their mind, they probably had a good reason for it. And where right. we can go, okay, there was probably a good reason. It may not have actually worked out that way or may not. I don't have mm-hmm. a clue what that is. But if I can come from that point and then be curious about, hey, what was a good reason you did that? Yes. Now yes. I can actually I, find out instead of me making up a story based on absolutely nothing other than my fears. Exactly. That's exactly it. Because what ends up happening is that when you start operating out of your fears, the questions you ask become accusatory. They... Mm-hmm start assuming the worst about the person and the person gets on the defense and then all of a sudden that team dynamic starts to break up. But when you just assume, when you assume, and this is, by the way, this is a choice. I'm not talking about 
being naive and saying, assuming that everything a person is going to be good at dandy, but for the betterment, it's a choice for the betterment of the relationship, for the better of the team, for the betterment of the partnership. You have to, you have to choose to operate in a way that, that, that serves that purpose, that serves that. And so that's why I always tell people, especially when I'm doing my coaches, when I'm coaching to, um, to assume positive intent. So even if they do something that is a little sketchy, <laughs> it's a little, it's a little weird. May rub you the wrong way. Don't assume that it was with malicious intent. All right, assume the positive. Assume the positive intent. So that way, you ask them questions like, "Hey, I'm just curious. Uh, like, what, uh, what, what was the thought process behind that? Or um, did you mean to do that on purpose? I know you did it, but I just wanted to make sure and double check. And so now the conversation is a lot different. Now the person's not on the defense, and now you're you are working together not to prove something wrong but more to clarify miscommunication. And so that's why I'm, I'm a big believer in that. Yeah, and I, I would add to that, Pablo, is you know when you are saying, hey, I'm just curious, you have to actually be curious. Mm-hmm. You have to actually be open to anything that they're going to say. Mm-hmm. If you're not, if you're really just saying, I'm using this to try and get you to tell me what I want to use against you in a minute, mm-hmm. that will very quickly unravel, and they won't listen. They won't respond when you say, I'm curious, because they know you're not really curious. You're just yep. trying to get some yep. ammo to beat them with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it, curiosity is an interesting thing. It was funny. I was working with a client uh, earlier this week, and we were talking about this in regards to her, her son. Her son's 10 years old. And I said, do you ever notice how your son is endlessly curious how you can find a way to get the things that he wants? Like if he's like, hey, can I go mm-hmm. play at Billy's house? And you're like, oh, we can't right now. Well, if I do this, can we? Well, if I do this, can we? He's con- he doesn't go, okay, I'm screwed, or I hate you because of that. He's like, how else can we find a way? I'm going to find a way. There's always a way if I'm curious. And that's really the thing is, you know, being curious on that level. Of It's not just like, well, I'm curious about one thing and one thing only. If it's not that, then everything falls apart. It's like, we right. keep getting curious because we can find an answer. There's always an answer if we're committed to it. So, yeah, it's, it's, I love the teamwork thing because it is. And, you know, obviously that's what people, deep down, we want. We want to know we've got a teammate, somebody that's yeah. there with us, that we're all working towards the same goal, even though there can be times where we're not really clear on how they were intending this to get to the goal. When we're curious, mm-hmm. we can actually find out. So that's, that's awesome. And, you know, one of the things we do on the show here, and, and our, our listeners love this, is you know, how generous our guests are in, in sharing their own personal stories and partnership. And I'd love to ask you, Pablo, like, what's a time in your life when you, you tripped up in a partnership? And, you know, just kind of tell us briefly that story. What, what were you doing? What did you trip on? And ultimately, you know, what did you learn and how did it help you move forward? Wow. Um, you know, we like to forget the times that we tripped up, but they, uh, no, they make us who we are and that's how we mm-hmm. learn. Um, um, I would say, man, one of the biggest ones, um, one of the biggest ones is when I was uh, younger, I was 22 years old in a relationship and, and I had just, I, I, I was, I was trying to implement this new thing in my life where I'm going to speak my mind, you know, I'm going to be more honest and I'm not going to hold back. And at the time of the relationship, the woman I was dating at the time, I told her like, Hey, listen, um, I think, you know, you're really pretty, but I think you wear too much. You're wearing too much makeup. You wear too much makeup. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, even repeating that, I'm cringing right now. But she didn't take that. She didn't take that too well. Um, just if you were to see that the look on her face, it was as if someone told her, like, you yourself aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. And and essentially, I like I shamed her. Like, I shamed her for that. And I, I feel terrible about that, you know, when I thought about it, when I think about it. And but the thing that I after which we talked and I apologize, I see where I went wrong. But the thing that I learned about that is actually like a very big lesson, something that, that I tell people all the time is you have to accept people for all of them. And what I mean by all of them, I mean all aspects of them, the good, the bad, the quirky, the weird, um, the annoying. You have to accept all parts of them. If you're going to enter into a partnership with them, a true one, you need that type of acceptance for who they are. Um, and if they happen to change along the way, it's just a cherry on top. But the, the, the biggest comparison I can make is like, for example, when, you know, it's a difference between buying a Ferrari and a Prius. A Ferrari, yes, it's nice on the outside, but the cons, it guzzles gas. Mm-hmm. The Prius on the other end, it may not be as sexy looking, but it's great on gas mileage. But you still buy it and you accept it as a whole for what it is. And if you don't do that, especially in relationships, what I learned is that you're going to end up feeling there's going to be resentment. There's going to be uh, frustration. And it's going to come, you know, it's going to spill out in unproductive ways. And it seems like, and then that shaming comes into place. And then when you learn to accept people as a whole, you'll be surprised at the type of the level at which your partnership arrives at. Because it's, it's very rare in this world to find somebody who accepts you, all of you, who knows you're good and you're bad, um, and still says, you're great, I want to be with you, let's do this. And so that's, uh, that was a big lesson for me. Yeah, absolutely. And... You know, it, it, it's one of those, it's, it's a tricky area because mm-hmm. the idea, you know, somebody that accepts me for everything, that doesn't mean they're going to think everything about you is fantastic. Right. It's a different thing. And so people are like, well, they don't, they don't think that's great. They said that's not their favorite. Yeah. By definition, something is not my favorite. Right. Because if there's a favorite, then there's something that wasn't my favorite. That's just how it works. <laughs> right. So, yeah, there's going to be different levels of like, wow, they love this part and they're okay with this. Not, they yeah. love everything all the time and there's nothing I ever have to worry about. You don't have to worry about it. If they're accepting, they're accepting. It's just going to take different different elevations to that. So I want to ask you mm-hmm. something because I know you work with men. And mm-hmm. what do you find are like the, maybe the top two, or maybe it's just a single one that stands out significantly as like, this is one of the biggest things men trip up on in their relationships with women. Um, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things that they trip up on, it is, oh man, you know, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not even going to give you the surface level answer because in talking to people, they give you surface level answers, yeah. but, the, but, the, but the real answer is vulnerability. That is the, that's the biggest thing they chip up on. Um, and a lot of the men, you know, I, you know, it's something that I suffered with and something that I'm consciously working to get better at. But for men in relationships, um, it's vulnerability. It's the whole idea of being vulnerable. For men, they're scared to be vulnerable um, and they're in a constant battle with it um, because they, you know, at deep down, forget being a man as a human, 
you want to be held. You want, you know, you're sad. You're scared. You're not confident sometimes. But the problem is that as men, uh, the men I work with, it, you know, they they have to work through this idea that they can't, they, they're not allowed to show that. Mm-hmm. They're not allowed to be that. And then what ends up happening is that inner conflict manifests itself externally in unhealthy and unproductive ways. So, you know, possibly when, uh, let's say when a man, when a man is angry, but doesn't know how to properly express it, then they maybe turn into like explosive anger, mm-hmm. or maybe they completely shut down or, you know, in some case, in some cases, uh, you know, they'll play victim and they'll do it. They'll seek pity and attention in a manipulative way. And, and also they won't allow themselves to connect with their partner at a certain level because it's not manly. They won't allow themselves to, to cry. They won't allow themselves to, to say out loud, I'm sorry. Uh, I feel sad. I feel scared. And that's, uh, that's one of the biggest, the biggest, if not probably the biggest roadblocks mm-hmm. to success in relationships for men. Yeah, I hear that. Absolutely. So, so how do you help guys move past that? Like what's the, what's kind of the, the crux of all that? So it, it's it's a process. It definitely not an overnight thing. Yeah, yeah. It really is. Yeah, it really is a lifelong journey. But the process for that, as I simply said, is first to go back in their past. Excuse me. To first go back in their past and see where did they first learn that? Where did they first learn that it's not okay to say how you feel? Where it's not okay to say that you're sad. And see what are the beliefs that came around that. Mm-hmm. See the situation that caused that. And then have them look at that exact same scenario through the lens of an adult. Because here's the like, ask children, like, we have a limited, I mean, for as smart they are, um, they still have a limited view of the world. They still have a limited view in terms of, you know, what's reality, what's not. How, how, to, how to find out whether or not you're being influenced um, and things like that, you know, from, and yeah, so it's kind of tough as a child. And so what we do is that we look at the scenarios through the eyes of an adult. As an adult, we're able to see what's right and what's wrong. We're able to say, okay, there's absolutely nothing wrong with crying as a man. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm sad. And so through that, through that, and so through that lens, learning to accept what happened, forgive what happened and then making a choice, making a choice to work with it, figuring out how can I work with it instead of being ashamed of it? Mm-hmm. How can I, how can I embrace it? The key is not to the, the key is not to make the pain go away. It's not to make the, the hurt go away. The key is to learn how to live with it, to learn how to embrace it and make it part of you. Just like the, just like the, um, Example that I gave about full self-acceptance. So just as, just as you're accepting your partner, also you have to apply that acceptance to yourself. So yes, you know what? Um, so you know what? I Every now and then when my partner does something, I may be triggered in a certain way. But now I have the awareness, and then I take myself through the process of going, oh, okay, I'm being triggered. Oh, wait, I know why I'm triggered. It's actually not her. It's actually because of something that happened when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it has nothing to do with her. Oh, okay. So I'm not going to take this out on her. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, conduct myself with her in a different way. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting, too, because I, I specialize in helping women. And one of the things that, you know, again, this kind of comes back to acceptance, but it's also being open to various ways of expression, just as much mm-hmm. as, you know, men have these beliefs that, you know, oh, well, we can't show emotion or cry or whatever. Mm-hmm. I talk to women who are like, well, I want him to be this strong man. And when he when he's emotional, you know, then I don't know if I can count on him. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then very you know, good point. the turnaround is the next thing they say is, well, I need him to open up more. I'm like, what do you think that was? That was mm-hmm. him opening up. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, you've got something that says, oh, somebody who's emotional can't be, you know, I can't count on them. And it is. Mm-hmm. It's finding because it's on both sides. We all have our own, you know, wounds and patterns and messages. And, and I call them, you know, uh, viruses. They're like viruses in an operating system. So we picked mm-hmm. up these beliefs yeah. that may have served us when we were a kid. But mm-hmm. now we're an adult and they're not relevant, but they're still running. Exactly. So they're in the background exactly. to doing this stuff, and you're like, that's totally the opposite of what I want. Why am I still, you know, closed off to those things? So, yeah, it's, right. it is. There's a lot of introspection that has to happen and really checking in and, and being honest with ourselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was at a men's retreat many years ago, and uh, it was an amazing event. I, I'd never seen anything like this. So there was probably 100 guys there. You know, the first mm-hmm. night, guys were being guys, right? We're like... They, mm-hmm. they did this big circle, and like, you know, say your name and, and why you're here, and it'd be like, I am Bob. Jim brought mm-hmm. me. I am mm-hmm. Jim. I'm Bob's neighbor. And we literally went around the room in like three minutes. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> and the, the guy in charge of it, uh, Alan Cohn, goes, you do realize if this had been a women's retreat, we would be going for hours. <laughs> because they're mm-hmm. going to open up with all this. Oh, this is so great, and I've heard your stuff, and I've read this, and da 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 and each person would have their own thing. And it's just so different the way we're wired. Well, the reason I brought this up is by the next day, we're sitting there in the afternoon, same hundred guys who had hardly said a word the night before are mm-hmm. bearing their soul, talking about things that they've been burdened with their whole lives, crying, mm-hmm. supporting each other, whatever. And in that moment, it, it occurred to me that when that space is available, mm-hmm. one of the most loving things in the world is a room full of men. Mm-hmm. And one of the most powerful mm-hmm. things in the world is a room full of women. And it's the exact mm-hmm. opposite of how we typically view the men and the women. Mm-hmm. Right? Really like, oh, the women are all about mm-hmm. the love and the men are the power. And it's like, if you let them actually tap into their core essence and really be safe to open up, it's mm-hmm. mind-blowing. And mm-hmm. that's what we can have in partnership when we give that, you know, let that be a safe space to totally express ourselves however that is, whether it be in crying, whether it be in, you know, bearing our souls and being totally transparent about things. We have to have that safe space so mm-hmm. that then we can do that without the, you know, fear you're going to use it against us or repercussions or, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to project your story of what that all means onto me and so on and so forth. And that's, again, mm-hmm. where we circle back to that curiosity. Yes, 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 100%. And I, like, I love the way you phrase it. I love the way you talk about it because... In my mind, the partnership is the third entity. You have you, your yep. partner, and the partnership itself is the third entity. And the way I view it is kind of like a bubble that you both step into. Mm-hmm. And within that bubble, we can we like in this space, you can be vulnerable, you can be strong, you can be sad. There's no judgment, no shame. 
Um, you can be completely vulnerable. You're safe. And, and, and it also made me think about when you were talking about, when you were just mentioning everything about the difference between men and women, um, my girlfriend that I'm in a relationship with now, we had a conversation the other night about the idea behind the whole masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. energy type of thing, right? Uh, you know, guys constantly, you know, try to make sure they're all masculine all the time. And, and I imagine that some women, they're trying to avoid or really hide their masculine energy within them. And, but one thing that I learned that each, the men and the women, they each possess both energies, the masculine and the feminine. And, they take turns. The way I see is that they take turns coming up and they work together. And so there may be, there may be times where, um, the men, like you mentioned, the men are, 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 are very loving, very nurturing. And many could say that that's with the feminine energy. And then there are times with, with women and like, I'm fascinated by the internal strength that women have. Um, like that's why like, I, 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 I would really love to pick your brain to your experience with coaching women because your strength is phenomenal. And one could say, like, that's very masculine enemy to be dominant and stuff like that, to have that internal strength. And that's real strength right there. And so the whole thing about, you know, being, uh, you're supposed to be a woman, you're supposed to be a man. Like, I don't really think in terms like that. I think in terms of partners. Mm-hmm. I, I, I honestly, I honestly do. Um, very quick story. I was talking to my, uh, yeah, my girlfriend the other night and, you know, you know, the last couple of weeks I've been opening up to her about some things that have been going on. And she asked me, did you feel emasculated? And I told her, no, absolutely not. Because I didn't see it as confiding in a woman. I saw it as confiding in my partner. So the idea of you being a woman, me being a man, disappeared. I saw it as me talking to my partner. So that allowed me to uh, break down and open up. So I really love what you said there. It was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And you're right. It's when we see our partner as our partner, mm-hmm. not our partner as long as X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. but our partner unequivocally, no conditions that make it, they've got to fill this first and then I'll be a partner with them. And that's part of feeling safe, feeling like mm-hmm. we can really mm-hmm. be there and open up and, and, and share those things. And I mean, what a, what a great question that your, your girlfriend asked of, you know, did you feel emasculated? She's like, oh, I, that's not what I want to do. And I want to check in because I could have had an t- intention not to emasculate you. And yet it still did. And right. so that's part of partnership is, you know, we don't know. We have our in- intentions of how we say things or do things. And, you know, then it hurts our partner. We're like, that wasn't my intent. Well, but the important part is how did they experience it? Oh, that did? Mm-hmm. Okay, now we need to talk. We need to learn more about each other. Get curious. Because that yeah. was the last thing on my mind. I've never thought that that ever did that. And nobody's ever said it did before. So help me out. What would work better? How do we do this? How do we, we keep being partners all the way through this? So yeah, this is, this is great. I love this. And we could probably talk for the next week and a half. We're not going to. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast. Yeah. It's not a marathon. Right, right. But here's, here's what we're going to do, Pablo, because we're, we're at a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And this is where we're going to, you know, step away from the stories, provide some, you know, simple bite-sized pieces of information we can share with our, our, our listeners right now. They can take and apply right away. And one of the things I wanted to ask you is, for you personally, like, what's the best partnership or relationship advice you've ever received? Man, so the, the best one I've ever received is actually a funny one. It's 
your partner is not mind reader, which mm-hmm. essentially speaks to communication. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially, you know, it, it's, you know, I've heard a lot of times that like, oh, they should just know, or how can they not get it that I'm feeling like this or that I like it this way. No, we're not mind readers. I don't care how long you've been together. You have to tell them what you like, what you don't like, how you like it, how often do you like it, uh, why you don't like it. You can't expect your partner to just know. And so that's why communication is very important. I actually say over-communicate. The benefits of over-communicating outweigh the, the others of just barely communicating or assuming. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, if you err on the side of, of clarity, you mm-hmm. will have clarity. <laughs> Without yeah, going, yeah. Well, I kind of said what I wanted. Well, no. Exactly. Like, be really crystal clear. Then you know that they know. And you can make mm-hmm. sure that they understand. And it's one of the things I often say is, you know, a lot of times where we don't communicate is where we think something's obvious. Yeah. Well, that's obvious. I didn't have to say that. Well, here's the thing Mm -hmm. about the things we feel are obvious 99% of the time are not obvious. And if you just Mm -hmm. express the thing that you think is obvious, there's only two possible outcomes. One is it'll clarify that, yeah, it was obvious. They already knew that. Great. Awesome. Now Mm -hmm. we have confidence. Or two... Mm -hmm. You find out it wasn't obvious, and now he understands or she understands. So there's mm-hmm. no downside to expressing the obvious. But we feel mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a waste of time, or why should I have to do it? It's so obvious. Everybody knows this. Well, let's just make mm-hmm. sure. Let's err on the side yeah. of clarity and go, oh, you know what? He didn't know that or she didn't know that. I'm so glad I said that. I wasn't going to say anything. I thought it was obvious. So, yeah, it's, yep. communication is, is one of those things where, you know, like you said, the more you do, the better off you are. Now, it's not just like exactly. saying the same thing over again and nagging. That's different. That's not communication. Yep. That's different. But when you're like, I'm not right. going to assume there's things that are understood without being stated. Because it is. It's one of the biggest. Uh, I actually read this stat the other day. 87% of couples that were, have gotten divorced said that their biggest issue was not communicating. Wow. 87%. See? Wow. Wow, you see. And it's and something we all are very capable of. We're not doing it, though. Oh, 100%. And let me just throw this in, too. Um, so my girlfriend, she, she, she would go as far like we talk on the phone. She would literally call me two minutes later just to be like, hey, you know I was joking when I said this, right? I just wanted to be clear. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, I would say, yes, I knew you were joking, but she clears it up anyway. And when she tells these stories to her friends, um, you know, she's gotten the feedback. Oh, you guys talk too much. You guys, that, that sounds tiring. But I'll tell you what, Kendall. Yes, it does take effort. However, like I said, the benefits are fantastic. Just putting a little effort to communicate yeah. can lead to a lifetime of, of happiness. Absolutely. Yeah, because you're not filling in those blanks with your own stories that are based on your fears. You have the facts, you have the information. And you're like, oh, cool. I mean, her just checking in. The other thing that her checking in like that, it lets you know how much she cares about the partnership. Oh, yeah. She's committed to going, wait a minute, that could have been taken the wrong way. I want to make sure right now, not tomorrow, not maybe eventually, or if he acts like it bugs him later, I'll bring it up. Right now, I want to clean this up. Just in case. Mm-hmm. 
because that's mm -hmm. how committed I am to this. Not mm -hmm. that I'm going, well, yeah, but that's extra effort. Of course he knows. Mm -hmm. How do I know he knows? Let's make sure mm -hmm. for me to know that I'm bringing my best to this partnership and I didn't like, if, I'm, if it's in the back of my head that I might have been misinterpreted, I want to make sure. And you're right. That's a beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful example. Thanks for sharing that. So I'm wondering in, in, in your you know, journey through life, what's been like the, the book or the resource that you would recommend to our listeners and why? Oh, wow. Um, I read a lot. <laughs> I'm always reading. A, I'm always reading something. But when it comes to partnerships, specifically in romantic relationship, the, I would actually recommend two books that are fantastic. The first one is Getting the Love You Want mm -hmm. by Harville Hendri by Harville Hendricks. Yep. That book is fan that book is fantastic because it goes deep into the psychology of why we pick the partners that we do and why do we get in conflict with them even if even if you know we think they're fantastic. And it really helps you understand and develop more empathy for your partner and what they've been through and why they do the things that they do. And it also gives tools for like great communication. So I really love that book. Highly recommend it. The other one that I recommend is called The Truth, an uncomfortable book about relationships by Neil Strauss. That book is, uh, I love that book because it's real. And what I mean by that is that other relationships book tend to be written as if we live in a perfect world. Mm -hmm. But, but this, but this book deals with the whole thing about being in a relationship, but still desiring other people. How do you navigate that? Um, how do you navigate that awkward conversation when you tripped up, when you uh, violated the relationship? And so, and also a lot of lessons of how to also examine yourself and see why do you do the things that you do within a relationship. And you'll be, you'll, watch, when you read these books, you'll find out that there are a lot of unconscious things that you do in a relationship over and over again. Mm -hmm. So, those are the two books I recommend. They will definitely not only help you in your relationships, but more importantly, they will shine a light within yourself that you never realized before. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. I love that. So Pablo, obviously, I mean, you have so much you can help men with and, and, and share with men. Can you let our listeners know just how they would be, a, be able to contact you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, you can always visit my website, which is pablojrosario.com. I'm also on social media, uh, on Instagram, you can find me at pablo.jrosario.com. But you know what, you know, for everyone that's listening here, if you want to get directly in contact with me, just make it super simple. I'm going to give you my personal email, which comes directly to me, obviously. And it's pablo at pablojrosario.com. And just let me know that you are a listener of the show and, you know, I'll be able, I'll help any way that I can. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you for that. And for anybody who was trying to find a pen and didn't get it written down, don't worry about it. All you got to do is go to speakingofpartnership.com, type in Pablo's name in the search bar, and you'll come up to his show page. And at the bottom of the show page, we will have all that contact information. So it's super, super easy for you. Well, Pablo, thank you for your stories, your insights, super, super helpful. I've learned a ton here. I know our listeners have as well. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Ken. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. 
Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.